It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Today on the show, Pro Football Focus's Mike Renner joins the program to talk about what's going on with the Packers' defense, how the draft may or may not have impacted what Green Bay is doing right now, whether or not they need to go out in the trade market and maybe find someone, and then try and project this team moving forward. We did get some pretty momentous news here early in the week. A.J. Dillon tested positive for COVID, sending the Packers into league protocols they had some a brief set of workouts at the facility and then held meetings uh, remotely. They also had Kamal Martin and Jamal Williams, uh, who are considered uh, risk contacts by the NFL. If they're considered high risk, they cannot uh, play this week because of the mandatory time they would have to sit out of practice and, and team activities. Uh, that determination has not been made yet, but they were considered by the league based on their interviews and their protocols, their contact tracing to be close contacts of A.J. Dillon. So far, no other positive tests for Green Bay, but that can change as the as the days move forward. Of course, the Packers play on Thursday. We don't know yet what that means for this team, who's going to be available and who isn't. We also have news about enormous injuries for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo has an ankle injury that is going to keep him out at least this week and could land him on IR, according to reports. And George Kittle is going to be out two months with a broken foot, which isn't just impactful for this week, but it's already November. If he's out two months, that could impact his availability, not only for the stretch run, but into the playoffs, depending on how long it takes him to recover. That means the 49ers are going to be without guys like Richard Sherman, D. Ford, Nick Bosa, the starting quarterback, whether or not you think Jimmy G is an all-star or not, he is the starter and presumably is playing over Nick Mullins for a reason. George Kittle, 
Debo Samuel, unlikely to be able to go in this game. And there are a couple other guys who are, you know, rotational players, guys like Ben Garland, who are solid starters and not anything special. This is going to be a shell of the San Francisco 49ers team that beat down Green Bay twice last season. If they can't win a game like this, and I know they're going to have injuries, their injury report had Aaron Jones back limited, David Bakhtiari back in a limited way, and Kevin King, even though they didn't actually have practice on Monday, those guys, according to Matt LaFleur, will not be impacted by the nature of what they're going to do the next few days. It sounds like not much is going to change about how they approach the next two days based on the protocols that they're in. The NFL, according to LaFleur, is satisfied that everyone was following protocols and that there is a, a low risk of a more extended outbreak here. Of course, if Kamal Martin can't play, that creates trickle-down effects for this linebacker group against a, a 49ers offense that didn't have to do anything special Last year in the NFC Championship game, just had to hand the ball to Raheem Mostert, who, by the way, is also on IR. If you go back to the conversations we've had about Mike Patton, and specifically the one we had after the Vikings game, I suggested he was coaching for his job on Thursday. Whether that's, you know, immediate, you know, termination is really not the point. If you can't beat this 49ers team, this version of the 49ers team, it is a pretty damning statement about this team, offensively and defensively, because they don't have the field tilters defensively that they did last year. They don't have the horses. They've got a solid group of linebackers. They traded Quan Alexander. And so he's not going to be on the field Thursday. They're going to have Fred Werner and two guys whose names you don't know. Now, they're good players, but you don't know their names. You look around at the secondary, it's not the same. You look at that front, it's not the same. And so if Robert Sala can go out and take Matt LaFleur's lunch money with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and maybe you get Alan Lazard back, maybe you get Aaron Jones back, that is a startling and troubling statement of fact about this team. On the other side of the ball, if Kyle Shanahan can take an XFL offense and run it all over the Packers' defense and do whatever he wants, even if it's not the run game. I mean, I made the joke on Twitter that the peak 2020 outcome is for the Packers' run defense to play great and Nick Mullins throws three touchdowns to Brandon Ayuk and they can't stop the 49ers through the air. That's sort of the peak, you know, just crazy outcome that has everyone going, what the hell is going on? This, if... Green Bay beats the 49ers. We forget what happened in Minnesota. And if for no other reason, then this Minnesota loss probably doesn't come back to haunt the Green Bay Packers when it comes to playoff seating. They're not going to lose a head-to-head -head with someone who, you know, mattered. They split with the Vikings this season anyway. You know, there may be one of those, you know, weird triple tiebreakers where common opponent comes into play and the Seahawks beat the Vikings and the Packers didn't. Sure, that could be on there. But wouldn't it be sweet to go out and beat the team that ended your season, that embarrassed you, and called into question your entire season? Who cares who's out on the field? The, the Vikings just proved that you cannot take anything for granted. And, and so did all, really, of Week 8. I mean, Tampa Bay struggled against, really, the either if not the worst, the second worst team in the league on Monday night. 
This is a reminder for all of us, including the Packers, that every team, all 32 teams, has a roster full of NFL players. Still, Green Bay is more talented going into this game. That's why they're favorites, by the way, two and a half points. Favorite on the road on a short week. That does not happen. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan is going to be reminding his players of that. You have the chance to go out and erase the memory of what happened on Sunday and in a way erase the memory of the NFC Championship game because, no, it's not going to get you to the Super Bowl like that that win would have last year. But it could help keep the 49ers out of the playoffs. You hand them another loss in a division that is already stacked. The Cardinals and the Rams could, you know, they could they could leapfrog the 49ers. You don't know how long Jimmy G is going to be out. George Kittle not going to be out there for a while. Nick Bosa not going to be back at all. We don't know what the situation is with Richard Sherman. We don't know how healthy Debo Samuel can be over the course of the rest of the season. He rushed back from that foot injury, and guess what? He's already hurt again. So nothing is assured. And this is the reason that I made the point on yesterday's show that you can't build an offseason around stopping one team or beating one team because you never know if that's going to be the team you have to beat when it matters. If the 49ers don't make the postseason, and let's say for whatever reason, and the Rams, by the way, looked like trash on Sunday. Let's say the Rams don't make the postseason. And it's the Saints, and it's the Bucks, and it's the Eagles, and it's the Packers, and Bears, Seahawks, and Cardinals. Is that enough teams? Doesn't matter. Who is the run defense matchup that's scary for the Packers? There really isn't one. And so now you would have spent an offseason trying to figure out how to stop this one team. Now you only have to try and stop them in one game and try and outscore them in one game. Win this game and you set yourself up to not only be a playoff team, but to help eliminate the 49ers from standing in your way once again. Before we get to Mike, let's talk about Built Go. You've heard me talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. But Built Go gives you another kind of advantage, not just the delicious advantage, but all of us may find ourselves at one point or another needing a little boost, needing a little energy to break through that wall. It's it's that 2, two o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock, all of a sudden you're going... Oof, I'm I'm struggling. I am dragging. Well, that's where Built Go comes in. It's an easy to take one and a half ounce package of energy and protein. Put it in your briefcase. Put it in your golf bag. Just have it at your desk ready to go. It's like a five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It comes in three delicious flavors. And of course, because it's made from the same people who make the most delicious protein bar ever, you know it's going to taste good. It also combines collagen protein, which is fast absorbing to get into your system, and it's easy on the stomach. Go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCK to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK to get 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Freighter and Medical College of Wisconsin. With the power of academic medicine, the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network makes more possible, more humanly possible for patients, like Aaron Rodgers does for his offense. More innovations that lead to life-saving treatments, more breakthroughs for complex diseases, and more locations across the region so that academic medicine is never far. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? 
First, it's rare. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is Eastern Wisconsin's only academic health system. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care research to fund groundbreaking cures and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. Academic medical centers provide greater access to clinical trials, which can lead to breakthrough treatments and life-saving drugs. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent, diagnose, and treat diseases. It all adds up to more possibilities. And when we do everything possible, you can too. To learn more, visit www.freighter.com. All right, let's get to my conversation with Mike Renner. You can find his work at Pro Football Focus. He also hosts the Two for One Draft podcast on the Pro Football Focus Network. Mike, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers. Happy to be back. I wish I could have been back on some better circumstances here, but... Well, no, I think this is a good time okay. uh, to, to get you on the show precisely because uh, this this came up uh, yesterday where there was a discussion on Good Morning Football about this. And I think it's something that you have a unique insight into as uh, one of the draft guys over at Pro Football Focus. And I, I think that there are going to be a lot of people, fans, media, et cetera, who say, you know, look at what Green Bay did in the draft. No wonder they haven't improved this one area of their team where they were really bad last year. Yeah, I think it's something that I mean, pretty much everyone pretty much said coming to the season. It's like they they almost came in status quo. There weren't a lot of they were a very good team last year who overachieved a little bit and yep. they didn't make any moves over the course of the offseason that really improved the team. They're just banking on you know, Matt LaFleur scheme being better in year two. And I think we've seen that the offense has been better. But on the defensive side of the ball, you were banking on the secondary getting stronger, but you didn't do anything to fix the reason why they lost to the 49ers last year, which was pretty soft run defense right up the middle. And that's even with guys like Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin playing some decent football in in small sample sizes. I mean, at one point, Chris Barnes was, I believe, the top graded rookie linebacker. Uh, then Kamal Martin took that <laughs> took that spot, and, and yet on Sunday we saw they had no answer for Dalvin Cook. Guys couldn't get off blocks. I'm curious because part of this seems like some of the guys just majorly regressed from last year. I'm, I'm thinking about Preston Smith in particular. But, you know, even some of the guys like Adrian Amos and and Darnell Savage don't seem to be making the same kind of impact that they were last year in terms of where we assign blame for that is. Do you think that's more on the players or more on what they're being asked to do? I truthfully just don't think they have. uh, I think it's a combination of both. Like they don't have the horses necessarily to get done. They're just light up front. Like the, the Kenny Clark is on the lighter end for the nose tackle position. Ideally, when you do go up against a run-heavy team like the Vikings, when they're you know, going to go a lot of two tight end personnel like the 49ers, you move Kenny Clark to the three technique and you have a guy who's just you know a movable piece at nose tackle that you know can just stand up for double teams. And then that just you know makes two positions better uh, because then Kenny Clark's more of a natural three technique but plays nose because that's just the way the Green Bay Packers like to uh, you know run their defense. But they just you, when you have guys like Dean Lowry, who are just kind of an undersized, like a he's like in the two ninety ish range, not a hold the point kind of guy. He's going to seed some ground against double teams. They just don't have another guy who's really going to stand their ground at the line of scrimmage. Besides, probably is the Darius Smith, uh, and that's on the edge. You'd rather have that guy in the interior. 
Uh, and so they, they just don't have kind of the playmakers to run the defense that Petten's then running. Petten's kind of asking them to two-gap a lot and make plays outside of the gap, and like you say, get off blocks and do it on their own. And they don't have those guys. Like those, They don't have that outside of Kenny Clark. And so it's kind of a twofold. Like you got to do something differently when you just keep doing the exact same thing now that they've been doing for a year and a half and expecting different results against these run-heavy teams. It's just insanity. They got to figure out something a little bit different thematically. Yeah, and and what's really troubling is you know the the pass rush was the Packers' best trait last year. I mean, they were top five in pressure rates. Darius Smith by total pressures and pressure rate was um, the most productive pass rusher, at least in terms of creating pressure that we had. And all of a sudden this year, Preston Smith can't get off blocks. Zadarius Smith is not making the kind of down-to-down impact he was last year. And and it's really uh, just startling to see them just not be able to get off blocks. I mean, this, this Minnesota team can't block. And yet Green Bay could not get off blocks in the, in the pass rush game either. What do you make of the, the major regression this pass rush has taken in 2020? Yeah, it's it's kind of it's head scratching. I didn't obviously Darius yeah. Smith like that was an outlier con- compared to the course of his career, and you had Kenny Clark sure. go down with injury. But the fact that Preston Smith's a complete non-factor, you know, it looks like you'd be better off putting Rashawn Gary, just anyone else out there. And him, and then really no one else on the interior. Maybe Kingsley Kiki has probably been their best interior pass rusher outside of Clark, and he was what a fifth round rookie or second year player now. Um, yeah, it, it's been. I, I think they maybe were a little too reliant on Zadarius Smith and his dominance last year, uh, and so him taking any sort of regression really has torpedoed them. And I, I just think when you're not getting pressure, though, I think they're a little too confident. They just have to blitz more. Like you got to give Zadarius Smith one on ones right. more. By bringing five guys, bringing six guys, the best defenses in the NFL, you know, Pittsburgh, Miami, now, uh, Baltimore, they are blitz-heavy defenses because in today's day and age, you just can't give quarterbacks three and four seconds. So I do think... Yeah, Tampa, Tampa too. Tampa yeah, did it to yeah, Green Bay well. when we saw them do yeah, it. Yeah, like that, they're going to have to bring the aggression just a little more with the personnel they have. All right. I'll say something nice about Green Bay's defense because I don't want this all to be negative and there's plenty of positive things to say. This is still a 5-2 and two team that's going to go to the playoffs. Jair Alexander is the best cornerback in the league. Fact. Is this fact fiction? Fact. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> and I think you've seen this year, I already thought he was great in man coverage. They played a lot more zone this year. And he's been excellent in that regard. And one of the best tackling cornerbacks in the NFL, too. There's not a lot he can't do. I do want to throw this at you because it was something that was discussed last week and we didn't get a chance to really see it because... The Packers didn't challenge these Minnesota receivers, even on a day where the wind was swirling. Kirk Cousins did not complete a pass that went longer than 10 yards in the air, and yet Mike Patton played them off the whole game. Let's not get into that. But before that, the pro football focus numbers had Josh Jackson and Kevin King graded basically even on the season. What have you seen from Josh Jackson, and what do you think – uh, he can be for this team moving forward, assuming they need him because Kevin King can't stay on the field. Yeah, King's he's very up and down. Like he's kind of Marcus Peters asking now. He's nowhere near Marcus Peters level of play, but like he'll make plays in the football. He'll make picks. He has that ability, but then he'll just have those head scratching plays where he just gets toasted deep, uh, you know, whiffs right. at the line of scrimmage, that sort of thing. So that's kind of at this point, it's correct. I think that's what you're expecting with him. Jackson. I think it's been more encouraging in terms of just like all around, you know, sticking with receivers. His problem is just penalties. Like he, he 
has yeah. been, and that hope you'd hope was, it was never really an issue at Iowa, even though absolutely we only saw one season with him at Iowa. Uh, you would hope that with more playing time, he starts to, you know, figure that out a little bit because he really hasn't played much at this point. But I do think, you know, in terms of quality, like do you need to resign Kevin King with the way Josh Jackson's played? I don't think so whatsoever. Like Jackson uh, has been as good, if not better than King, in my opinion. I'm with you. And and unfortunately, you look at, you know, something like the penalty in the end zone against Adam Thielen. Yeah. It's like he didn't need to panic. Yep. And he panicked and grabbed him and there was just no need for it. he was in good position. He had him right where he wanted him and just panicked a little bit. And, and hopefully, to your point, that is something that with time they can they can get ironed out. Matt LaFleur said as much. He just needs to play more uh, offensively, though. Uh, the, the Packers were able to get whatever they wanted on the first two drives. And then it really fizzled out uh, until late in the game. Do you think teams are going to keep trying to play this? Let's just play too deep and make make them do everything underneath and hope they get a little bit impatient. Is that a sustainable formula for other defenses, or is this a little bit more of a Todd Bowles, Mike Zimmer? They're able to do something special to stop Aaron Rodgers. No, I think you're going to see kind of the blueprint be just like make him go anywhere but Devontae Adams. Is I think kind of yeah. Like obviously he's going to get his in the red zone. There's not a lot you can do at that point, and they did a great job scheming him up. Uh, there but in the open field if you can just cap him from making big plays so they basically you know the bucks did it the vikings said throw to anyone else deep and and now they gave up some deep plays to tight ends but you know equinemia st brown could have come up with the big play didn't like there were guys who could have made plays and didn't i think that's kind of uh they're just teams are going to take their chances with that and say hey take it try to take advantage of this one-on-one with mvs or uh, eq and we're going to bet on our guys to make the play and not yours. Whereas if you're going to give Devonta Adams those situations or kind of just play him straight up, he's just going to go to Devonta every time. So I do think that that's going to be what you're going to see a lot of from defenses moving forward. Yeah, the, the tight end part of this is encouraging because the Packers did find ways on Sunday to get Big Bob Tanyan and, and Jay Sternberger involved in the passing game. Tanyan led the team in receiving yards. Uh, Sternberger added uh, another three catches for 46 yards to go with Tanyan's five catches for 79 yards. You get uh, eight catches and over 100 yards from your tight ends. That's doing pretty good. What did you see from Sternberger coming out? Because I know he was, I believe he had the top receiving grade in the country at the position his last year at AM. Yeah, I'm a fan of Sternberger. He's not a great athlete, but he's pretty uh, loose for a tight end. He literally runs really fluid routes. And so I think that kind of two-headed monster is too very athletic pass catching tight ends or not athletic, but very like talented. I think they, the way they win is something that's going to mesh with Aaron Rodgers Cause I think they have good, both have good ball skills and good catch radius, uh, which, you know, Aaron Rodgers trusts guys who have that, even though Sternberger's had a few drops here uh, to begin the year, mm-hmm. but the worrisome part kind of about that is relying on tight ends. And that sort of thing is that, and we've seen it with in the bucks game in this past week, you, you can't go two tight ends when you're down by 14. You're not fooling anybody out there with that. You can't (laughs) run play action. You got to put the wide receivers out there. So there's only so much. That's great for a front running team. And I think it's very encouraging when they play with leads that they're doing being successful. But it's not going to work when, like I said, you're having to come from behind third and fourth quarter. I don't know. Let's see some let's see some spread from 12. I think that would be fun. Put, put Tanya and Sternberger as big slots out there and let's go. I think that would be a fun way to do it. And they've done it. Matt LaFleur's done that in the past. It, it's certainly one way uh, to go about it. Um, speaking of the receivers, you mentioned defense is saying throw to anyone but Devontae Adams. 
is is some of this just as simple as hey get Aaron Jones and Alan Lazard back and and we've seen this offense is is pretty t- tough to stop. I mean, if those guys get healthy, what is your concern level about this offense? Yeah, like people want them to trade for a wide receiver, and I I would you know love to see them make a move for someone like a Wolf Fuller. That'd be I think they are certainly missing that aspect to their offense, but I do think Lazard is a massive step up in terms of just his ball skills and the trust level Aaron Rodgers has from then the guys they're working with right now. Like that, that will change this offense a lot when he comes back and Aaron Jones, uh, having him, you know, when they do have that capability to go to running backs out there uh, and mess kind of with a bunch of different personnel formation and a bunch of different formations, throw a lot of opposing defenses. They don't have that guy right now. Like AJ Dillon, uh, I have no worries with him as a pure runner, uh, but he's not going to replicate what Aaron Jones can do in the passing game. You can't put him and Jamal Williams out there at the same time and strike any sort of fear into opposing defenses uh, with what they can do in the passing game. So, yeah, I think that is a big – they are hurting and limited in what they're able to do right now with both those guys gone. So just just top line it for me as we finish up here. What what do the Packers need to do? Whether it's you know whether it's make a deal or whether it's execute better or schematically. When you're looking at how this team can get to where it needs to be, uh, to to be a, a real NFC a competitor and and contender, what do they need to do better moving forward for that to happen? Uh, man, I mean, adding players, I, I do think any sort of fat boy nose tackle would go a long way (laughs) to this run defense because like I said, they haven't, if they haven't changed up how they want to schematically approach run defense, they're going to be throwing the same sort of, uh, you know, philosophy out there that they, that Mike Benton has. And I don't don't think at this point it's going to change. You're just going to need better horses. You're going to need better guys to execute it up front than what they got right now. So that that's going to there, that would be what I target the most. I think could go the longest way in terms of, helping them make it through, make through the NFC playoffs. Um, that or a wide receiver, obviously, like I said, Will Fuller making a real splash play on someone like that could pay off big dividends down the line. Uh, but I, I don't think that's the Packers way. I just, I'd be very surprised if they did end up making a move. Well, I hope by the time this comes out, they've made a move <laughs> and then we can, we can clip all yes. of this and we don't have to worry about it. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Peter. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store hey listen up FanDuel fantasy players your day is about to get 20 percent better 
This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, I want to thank Mike again for joining the show. Always great to get his insight here. You can catch me on his podcast later this week. And, of course, you can always find my work with Locked On NFL on Mondays. I highly recommend go checking that out. Uh, It's a really fun show. I bring on people from around the Locked On Podcast Network to break down what happened over the weekend. And it's a great way to, to just get little snippets from the local guys talking about what happened on Sunday because it's hard to stay up to date. I mean, it's it's my job and it's hard for me to stay up to date. So check out Locked on NFL every Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. Zhao you doing, of course. And then our crossover Thursday and our recap show coming up here on Friday. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.